0: One night while I was sleeping I had a dream so fair I stood in old Jerusalem Beside the temple there I heard the children the voice of angels from heaven in answer rang. I thought the voice of dream the shadow of across the rose upon the lonely hill as the shadow I saw the holy city beside the crystal sea, the light of God was on its streets, and the gates, they were open wide. Stars by night, or the sun to shine.
1: Thank you, Lord. Hosanna forevermore. The new Jerusalem is coming. It will be here soon. Have you been called to the wedding feast of the Lamb? Have you been invited to the wedding supper of the Lamb? Have you put in your RSVP? Are all the arrangements made that you can go and feast at the table with Jesus. I love the book of Revelation. It's literally the fifth gospel. I don't understand much of it. I know I could go through it and I could give you meanings and I could give you... but I'm not sure, so I won't. You have the seven seals. You have the seven trumpets. You have the seven thunders you have the seven plagues. The seals, the trumpets, and the plagues are all written out. We know a bit about what they are. We have no idea what the seven thunders are. The angel said, No, don't write that down, John. So, do they all run concurrently, one with another, or are they separated in time, or does one begin in the middle and run through I don't know. It looks like the seven seals are the outline of everything that will happen. But it seems also that the trumpets begin in the midst of the seals and then they continue. I don't know. I know there's a beast power. I know there is a dragon. I know there is a lamb-like beast who makes an image to the beast. I know there is a false prophet. I know Babylon is there, the the prostitute woman. All of these characters play a key part in the book of Revelation. And as time goes by, we'll be able to understand more and more as the Lord opens for us the actual events as they're happening we're probably well along in the seals. At least as I look at them, I believe so. As I've prayed about them. You know, things can happen so so quickly. In the flash of an eye, everything has changed. Everything is shifted and different. And the end is going to come like that. We're never going back to normal like it was before 9-11. We created in America a new normal where you have to go through security checkpoints. I'll never forget that morning. I had a guest in the house and suddenly my phone began to ring and people were calling me, telling me, Pastor, Jet airplane has hit the twin tower. And quickly, I tuned in to find out what was happening, and with horror, watched as those great towers fell. And everything changed. When I was a young man, I would go down to Capitol Hill, and I would explore the Capitol. I was free to roam. I went in many different places and many different hidden rooms. I was free to walk around and look and enjoy. Very few places I was not able to go. I was able to go to the White House. and This was when President Kennedy was in office. And the guide, we were the last tour and we were a very small group. And the guide said, would you like to see the family's dining room? Oh, yes. And so... She took us to the Kennedy's family dining room. That would never happen today. Well, now that COVID-19 has come, we're never going back to normal. There will be a new normal. But what I want you to see is how quickly it came upon us. Just as quickly will the end time come upon us and nothing will be the same again. I want to talk to you about the wedding supper of the Lamb. It's an event that I have looked forward to from the time I was a little boy. My daddy used to talk to me about his eagerness to sit down at that great long table so long you couldn't see one end of the other. For Jesus and the angels would come and serve us. Many times in my home, we had an extra place set at the table. And we always said, that extra place is for Jesus. We want to sit down and eat with him. And it was always with sadness that we removed that plate and this knife and fork and spoon and napkin and put them away because Jesus had not come. He promised. He's knocking at the door, and if we'll hear him knocking, he'll come in and he'll eat with us. Now I know it means much more than coming in and sitting down at the table with us. Now I've dined with Jesus many, many times, and every time is sweeter. This wedding supper of the Lamb, my dad always said, Raymond, make sure you get an invitation to that wedding supper. I'll save you a seat. I know Dad is already there, and he'll save me a seat. The wedding supper of the Lamb is the is the reception for the bride and the groom. I'm sure we're going to have thousands and ten thousands of angels and many other heavenly guests who will come and who will celebrate our marriage to Jesus. This is such a mystery to the universe how God could reach down and save the human race when it looked like they were totally gone. But that Genesis 3.15 passage said, no, he will put hatred in the heart towards Satan. There will be a small opening by which we can repent that God would offer us that gift of repentance and he would offer to us his gift of faith Well, by the time we get to Revelation 19, already the marriage supper has happened. I want to read for you. I'm going to share much of this with you today. I hope it whets your appetite. Please, can I say to you in all Frankness. Jesus has the disposition of your case before him. He will decide whether you go to heaven or whether you go to hell. As one man texted me this morning, talking about the broadcast from yesterday, saying, Jesus is the judge. And everything in the scripture must be brought in accord in an understanding of the words of Jesus. Jesus has the supremacy. And because the scripture was inspired by the Holy Spirit, it was breathed by the Holy Spirit because it is the infallible word of God everything in the scripture must agree with Jesus and what Jesus says or we have misinterpreted it. Jesus is very clear that we must repent of our sin and we must leave it. Jesus does not agree with this wicked concept The Gnostic gospel of today that teaches that man can walk in Jesus and in sin at the same time. It cannot be. I know many of you have been taught this, and it has caused you to not press fully into Jesus, it has given you a fence to ride. As the one pastor said to me, I can hang with the world and I can hang with Jesus. I'm comfortable in both places. Then he will not go to heaven. He will not be at the wedding supper of the Lamb. So let me read part of this for you and and then I'm going to take you to a place that will make Satan really angry. But we need to talk about it. hallelujah, the smoke from her goes up forever and ever. The 24 elders and the four living creatures fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne and they cried, amen, hallelujah. Then a voice came from the throne saying, praise our God, all you his servants, you who fear him both small and great. Then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters, and like loud peals of thunder, shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come, and his bride has been made ready. Fine linen, bright and clean, was given her to wear. Fine linen stands for the righteous acts of the saints or the the righteous position, standing of the saints. Now, in the NIV, it doesn't indicate that the Greek uses the past tense. Let me read it for you from another version that is more accurate. It's chapter 19. And I heard, as it were, a voice of a great multitude, and as a sound of many waters, and as a sound of mighty thundering, saying, Hallelujah, for the Lord our God, the Almighty, reigned. May we be glad, and may we rejoice, and we will give the glory to him, for the wedding of the Lamb came, and his bride kept herself in readiness, and it was given to her that she may clothe herself with fine linen, bright and pure, because the fine linen garment is the righteous state of the holy ones. Then it continues. I saw heaven standing open, verse 11. This is Revelation nineteen eleven. I saw heaven standing open. And there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and makes war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Well, who is this? This is John writing the book of Revelation. And in the Gospel of John, he says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. This is Jesus being spoken of. Now, why is his robe dipped in blood? Well, because it's his blood He has the right to bring judgment upon the wicked because he died on Calvary's tree. Let's look at it in another translation. Chapter 19, verse 13. And having been clothed with a garment, having been stained with blood, and his name having been called the word of god and the armies in heaven were following him on white horses having clothed themselves with fine linen white and clean how can the how can the linen be white and clean on those following him but on jesus himself there is the stain of blood do you understand The garment of the one called the word of God is stained with blood in the battle of the ages on Calvary's hill, making it possible for the people to clothe themselves with fine white linen, clean holiness. Ah, we serve. We serve an awesome God. stands righteous and we stand righteous by his blood the armies of heaven are following him riding on white horses dressed in fine linen white and clean and out of his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations he will rule them with an iron scepter he treads the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has written this name, King of kings and Lord of lords. Oh, do you understand? Jesus is the majesty of heaven. He rules. The passage that we find in the book of Matthew. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you, the things that pagans are seeking. Do you understand? When, When Jesus said that, he was not referring to the kingdom of God at that point as a geographic location. He was speaking about The divine authority he has because he is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And he was inviting us to come under his authority, his rule. If you're going to have a kingdom, you have to have people, you have to have subjects. And he was here to gain his subjects and to open the way for them to enter into everlasting life. And he did so by dying on that Calvary hill. That was the battle of the ages. I almost called this broadcast the battle of the ages, but the supper of the Lamb won. See, do you understand? We're called to come under the divine rule authority of God and to utterly reject the rule of the devil the world, or the flesh. We are transformed as the supernatural work of God as he regenerates us, as he recreates us, as he makes us into his image. And he fills us with his Holy Spirit and with his Holy Presence. And now, this description in the 19th chapter is where Jesus comes in the wrath of God. See, he said, Seek ye first the the kingdom, the divine authority of God, and to seek his righteousness, which he gives freely, not by imputing, but by imparting. All of those who teach the imputed grace of God are doing so. Because they don't believe the blood of Jesus has any more value than that of lambs and goats. They don't believe that the blood of Jesus Christ can totally wash and cleanse you. And so they claim the right to continue walking in their wickedness before God. Those who do that will not receive the invitation to come to the wedding supper of the Lamb. death is not my savior i'm not going to be made righteous when i die i will take to heaven only one thing i will take my character i will take what jesus has made me to be and he will give me a new body and my last day on earth and my first day in heaven i'm going to be the same person And believe me, that first day in heaven, I'm not going to be cursing. I'm not going to be lying. I'm not going to be walking in some addiction. I'm going to be washed and cleansed by the blood of Jesus. All of that has to happen now during this probationary time. Now, please, I hope you recognize that every effort must be bent. Every energy of mind, body, and soul is required to enter that narrow gate and to make that pilgrimage that Bunyan talks about in his wonderful book, Pilgrim's Progress. That pilgrimage is going to demand of you every energy in your body to cooperate with the work of God as he walks in your life and calls you forth to the new Jerusalem. Oh, my. What glory to enter the new Jerusalem. Well, let me read you the story. I saw an angel standing in the sun who cried in a loud voice to all the birds flying in midair. Come, gather together for the great supper of God. Now, this is not the supper of the Lamb. This is the supper of judgment so that you may eat the flesh of kings, generals, and mighty men, of horses and their riders, and of the flesh of all people, free and slave, small and great. This is the army that Satan has assembled to come against the God of heaven. This is Armageddon. And I saw the beast and the kings of the earth "'and their armies gathered together to make war "'against the rider of the horse and his army. "'But the beast was captured. "'Oh, I love that! "'The beast was captured! "'And with him the false prophet, "'who had performed the miraculous signs on his behalf. "'With these signs he had deluded those "'who had received the mark of the beast "'and worshipped his image.' The two of them were thrown alive into the fiery lake of burning sulfur. The rest of them were killed with the sword that came out of the mouth of the rider of the horse, and all the birds gorged themselves on their flesh. Now, why weren't all the the army people that that are killed, why were they not cast into the, the burning lake of sulfur? Because they've not been judged yet. I'll share that in a minute. Now, the 20th chapter of the book of Revelation makes the devil really mad. You want to make the devil mad? Just read out loud Revelation 20. We find in Genesis, the first chapters, the story of how Satan was able to come and tempt and deceive Adam and Eve and cast the bride of Christ into utter wickedness. When now chapter 20 begins to talk about the end of the devil it talks about what God is going to do to him and I saw an angel coming down out of heaven having the key to the abyss and holding in his hand a great chain he seized the dragon that is the devil that ancient serpent that ancient serpent who was in the Garden of Eden. He seizes this serpent, who is the devil, or Satan, and he binds him for a thousand years. I believe this is literal, this is not figurative. He threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over him to keep him from deceiving the nations any more until the thousand years were ended. After that, he must be set free for a short time. I saw thrones on which were seated those who had been given authority to judge. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded, because of their testimony for Jesus and because of the Word of God. They had not worshipped the beast or his image. They had not received his mark on their forehead or their hands. They came to life, and they reigned with Christ a thousand years. The rest of the dead did not come to life until the thousand years ended. This was the first resurrection. Blessed and holy are those who part in the first resurrection. The second death has no power over them, but they will be priests of God and Christ, and will reign with him for a thousand years. This resurrection happens when Jesus comes in the clouds of glory. Now when the thousand years are over Satan will be released from his prison. So for the thousand years there will be people on the earth. It will be populated. I've often wondered why this thousand years? I have only one answer I can give and I can't tell you it's the correct answer. I believe it's because the universes must be able to watch and see how man will respond when the devil is not there to tempt him. And they will live for that thousand years. But when the thousand years are over, Satan will be released from his prison and will go out to deceive the nations in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them for battle. In number they're like the sand on the seashore. They marched across the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of God, the city he loves. But fire came down from heaven and devoured them, and the devil who deceived them was thrown into the lake of burning sulfur, where the beast and the false prophet had been thrown, and they will be tormented day and night forever and ever. death Hades are all going to be cast into hell and with them will be the devil and with them will be the false prophet and with them will be the beast power this is their end they are utterly defeated Now, please, you know that all sin comes from the devil. All sin arises in the human heart at the devil's influence. All of us were marred by being descendants of Adam. But we don't die for Adam's sin. We die for our own sin, Because a way of escape has been made for us through the blessed Jesus Christ who died on Calvary. Jesus died for you. Please don't make any excuses to continue walking in wickedness before God. Don't make any excuses to continue your wickedness. You are called to cry out to God for a new heart, for a new mind. To be made anew in the likeness of Jesus. The blood of Jesus has never lost its power to break free the man and the woman, the boy or the girl who decides they no longer desire to serve Satan, but now they are going to come and they are going to worship the Almighty because they want to sit at the wedding feast of the Lamb. These are the eternal truths and the devil comes with every deception the gnostic teaching that says that the spirit of man is pure like gold and the flesh is wicked and so the day will come they teach when when the wicked flesh will be destroyed and will be pure spirit and righteous and they deny the need for a savior well the modern church has denied the need of a savior too Because they've said, God approves you. Now they throw a little bit of of magic in. They say, when God looks at you, he's not going to see your sin. He's going to see Jesus. That's a shell game. When Jesus comes and you go before the judgment bar of God, And the decision is made whether or not you will participate in the first resurrection. You're going to have to be clean by the blood of Jesus. You're going to have to be a new creature in him. Not walking in any rebellion against him. Having confessed all sin, having repented of it, and having received the glorious holiness of Jesus in your life. saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Earth and sky fled from his presence. It's going to be not somewhere we know on the earth. He's creating a judgment hall. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. And the books were opened. Another book was opened which is the book of life. The dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. Please understand me. You are going to enter into judgment before God. And that judgment will be based on what you have done. (coughs) Now you're not going to be saved by what you've done you will be saved by the righteous blood of Jesus Christ that came and transformed you and made you into a new creature. If you have not been made into a new creature, if you've not been given a clean heart, and you continue to walk in your wickedness, you will appear at this great white throne judgment. Now, you may have had your your name entered in the Lamb's book of life. But the scriptures indicate that you can have your name erased from that Lamb's book of life. And it's going to be a sad day when you say before the throne of God, oh, my name was written in the Lamb's book of life. And Jesus will look. He'll say, but on such and such a date, your name was erased. Now, look, Here's why. And suddenly, you will be in the present, in the past. And you will see and understand what you did to Jesus and how you renounced him by your behavior and by what you said and by what you did and how you rejected his righteousness that he was trying to give to you. And you will weep. And you will groan. Every person is coming. The sea gave up the dead that were in them. Death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. Each person was judged according to what he had done. Then death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. If anyone's name was not found written in the book of life, he was thrown into the lake of fire. This is the end. It's the end of being associated with Jesus or with God. And now they will spend an eternity separated from God in the lake of fire. And that will be their eternal end. And there will be no relief. I'm only giving you what the fifth gospel says. It is true and faithful. It is the word of God. Don't go to the Apostle Paul and try to twist your words and your theology to match what you think the Apostle Paul says because he agrees if you read carefully 6, 7, and 8 of Romans. If you read the other epistles, they all agree that we must leave our sin and walk in righteousness. but this is the end this is the judgment and then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea this is what's going to happen The whole old earth is going to be burned up and destroyed and will be utterly gone, and it will be replaced with a new heaven and a new earth. Peter says the same thing in his epistles. The first heaven and the first earth have passed away, and there's no longer any sea. This is a new creation. It's a new earth. It will be the headquarters of God in the universe for eternity There will be no more mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I'm making everything new. Then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said, It is done, or it is finished. It's over. On the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all of this. Do you see, it does not say, he who has imputed grace will inherit all of this. It's not true. Please wake up. It is he who overcomes will inherit all of this. How do I overcome? By the blood of the lamb and the testimony of my mouth. He says, I will be his God. He will be my son. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murders, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. You know what amazes me? So many of you as parents read and allowed your children to read Rowling's books, Harry Potter. It says here that those who enter into those magic arts will not be allowed into heaven. The idolaters, those who put this world ahead of seeking after Jesus, those who put their work ahead of seeking after Jesus, they're not going to be allowed into heaven. And if you're a liar, you won't enter heaven. Their place will be in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls full of the seven last plagues came. And he said to me, come, I'll show you the bride, the wife of the lamb. And he carried me away in the spirit to a mountain great and high, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God. It shone like the glory of God, and its brilliance like that of a very precious jewel, like a jasper, clear as crystal. Literally, this is the home of the saints. They are the bride. They dwell in the city of God, and they will dwell in that city with him. I know I'm going to have, if my name is in the Lamb's book of life, a place to live in that city. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you unto myself that you may be where I am. But I also know I'm going to have a country home. I'll need both. This was a gorgeous city. Many say it's about 1,500 miles cubed. It's huge. It's going to take a huge new earth to handle this huge new city. I was in Jerusalem with a a Jewish man who was my guide, an older man, well-seasoned in the military. We were walking up the, the Mount of Olives. And I said to him, without thinking, I said, I'm going to live on this mountain. He turned with laughter and he said, Pastor, you can't live on the Mount of Olives. No one is allowed to live here. I said, oh, oh, you don't know the scriptures. They tell us that Jesus is going to come here and he's going to step on this place and it's going to split in two. And there's going to be a place for me. He couldn't say anything. walls 200 feet high pearls one single pearl for the gate streets of gold there's no sun there that doesn't need a sun or a moon to shine for the glory of God gives it light Jesus is its lamp it is the light the nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it on no day will its gates ever be shut for there will be no night there The glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. This is going to be a civilization again on the earth, but it's going to be a righteous civilization. Then the angel showed me the river, the water of life as clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river stood the tree of life bearing twelve crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month, and the leaves of the city are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night." They will not need the light of a lamp or the light of the moon for the Lord will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. The angel said to me, These words are trustworthy and true. The Lord, the God of the spirits of the prophets, sent his angels to show his servants the things that must soon take place. Behold, I am coming soon. Blessed is he who keeps the words of the prophecy in this book. Then he told me, Do not seal up the words of this prophecy, of this book, because the time is near. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. Let him who does right continue to do right. And let him who is holy continue to be holy. Behold, I am coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. Do you want to accuse Jesus of legalism? I don't think so. Do you want to accuse Jesus of, of being unfair because he requires of you complete righteousness and holiness? Please, brothers and sisters, we've not even begun to understand what this means. Many of the old-timers put such energy into searching after Jesus. Jonathan Edwards, John Wesley, and many others served Jesus all of their life. They laid their lives down Are you living a casual, worldly life, enjoying the pleasures of the world, the flesh and the devil? Thinking, oh, it doesn't matter if I go to this football game with the Redskins. It doesn't matter if I go here or go there or go to the theater and watch that movie or do this. It doesn't really matter. Oh, yes, it does matter. Because it's stealing from you the time and interest and energy. That you need to use to search after Jesus and read the scriptures and pray and enter into ministry for the lost and the dying. This is not a casual deal. This is for keeps. This is for keeps. This is not what my opinion is or what another man's opinion is. He's saying, My reward is with me and I will give to everyone according to what he has done. And there's a time when probation closes. I don't know when probation will close. Neither do you. Let him who does wrong continue to do wrong. Let him who is vile continue to be vile. My brothers mother-in-law was blind with old age and she lived with him and this last week she fell and she broke her leg she's now in hospice dying don't let that happen to you seek Jesus now make your invitation sure to the wedding supper of the Lamb. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress. I'm Ray Greenlee. God bless you, my brother, my sister. I love you. I want to see you there. I want to meet you at the gate of heaven. I'll talk to you soon. God bless you.